I call this meeting. I call this meeting to order at at 5:09 p.m. Could you please take roll call for attendance? Sorry. You have it. Yeah. Okay. On the call, the role of Commissioner Wall. Well, present, Commissioner Adair. Present. Adair, present. Commissioner Loftus is um, absent. Commissioner Miller. Present. Miller, present. Officer Lasana. Present. Lasana, present. Commissioner Anish. Present. Anish, present. Officer Utting. Present. Officer Utting, present. Commissioner Colleen is absent. Commissioner Pimentel. Present. Pimentel, present. Vice Chair Barbara Plummer. Present. Uh, Barker Plummer present, officers Hum, Shaw, Commissioners M, Hillman, Torrell, Marza are all absent. Chair Wynn? Present. Um, Wynn present, Wolf Nine present, and eight absent. Um, you have four. Thank you. So it looks like Commissioners Colleen, Shaw, Hum, Torrell, and Rears are all absent. Um, staff, which of these commissioners gave us 72 hours in advance notice or how we use the process? So, Commissioner Terrell um, and then Commissioner, sorry, I forgot to include uh, Hillman, gave 72 hours and then Marissa uh, had a family emergency. Okay. Are there any motions on the table? So, Terrell, Hillman, and Mears. Um, Commissioner Barbara Plummer, motions to excuse Commissioner Terrell, Commissioner Mears, and Commissioner Hillman. Are there any seconds? Second. Great. Um, is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? Chair Wynn, there's no public comment. All, right, all those in favor of excusing these commissioners, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. So the motion to excuse commissioners Terrell, Mears, and Hillman has passed. Quickly, please call item number two. Um, item number two is communications. The minutes will reflect that the commission participated in this meeting. With remote access, the commission recognizes that public access to city services is essential and by public participation in the following ways. First, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Comments or opportunities to speak during public comment period are available via phone call by calling 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2492-349-4545, then pound in and pound again. Or you can join us online through the WebEx system. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, Please dial star three to be added to the speaker line if you've called in or if you're joining us via webinar, so you also raise your hand in the app. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing either of the following things. Email them to the youth commission at youthcom.org. If you submit public comment via email, we forward it to the commissioners who will be included as part of the official file. We may also send your written comments via the Postal Service for our office in City Hall when Dr. Paul to be good at place. Room 345, San Francisco, California, 94102. Those attending the meeting in person will have the opportunity to speak in public comment first before remote access. That includes communications. Okay, thank you, Claire. Can you please call item number three? Item number three is approval of the agenda. 
Right, so Commissioner, you, you take this time to look over today's agenda. As a reminder, there's an expectation that everyone looks at the agenda prior to the meeting, and I will accept any motions whenever you want. Um, I, I would make a recommendation to table uh, resolution um, A, which is the gun violence prevention, since uh, both Commissioners Shaw and Tolman are not here to present on the item. And then, um, possible tabling item would be the legislation referred, but it's up to y'all since um, no legislative aid would come today to present on this item. I guess, um, Vice Chair Nish, did you get a chance to look through and like see if we did have any questions? Um, I have not yet gone through yet to see if we have any questions, but I think that most of it, or like when I watched, I watched the first half of it, and it was basically about how long-term action and then how we could also do like equitable action in the future to like support housing and what okay I mean I don't think the memo has to be super detailed but I, I think I just have a few like points and comments we could take off the top of my head and maybe other commissioners do as well so I think we could keep it okay so I would motion to approve the agenda um, with the tabling of item 6A, the gun violence resolution. Do we think, sorry, do we think um, that that day will be available for the next meeting, or is that what I Not sure, but um, we're hoping that budget's like kind of over by then, <laughs> and we'll have someone, um, or maybe we can get someone from the actual department to come in. Okay, yes. right. yeah. But you all should also have the strategic plan in your folders for today. Yeah. Right. It's the summary of yeah. the 99 page one. Any more discussion on the motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? Oh, you have no public comment. Well, I'm just wondering, should, is it worthwhile for us? To postpone, like it sounds like that there might be a date in the next meeting for us. Um, but then not. We can still send questions if there's questions yeah. that people may have. Okay. So it looks like so the motion to clarify is to just table the gut bodies resolution. Um, okay. So all those in favor, please say aye. Uh, all those folks say nay. The agenda has passed. Clerk, can you please call item number four? Okay. Sorry. Uh, item number four is approval of the minutes of June 5th. Okay. All right. So, commissioners, please take this time to look for the minutes from the June 5th meeting, and I'll accept any motions whenever y'all are ready. Um, I didn't put them out. Uh, motion to approve. Commissioner Dare, motion to approve the minutes, seconded by Commissioner Hudson. Is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there a public comment? You have no public comment. All right, now we'll be doing a voice vote. All those in favor of passing the minutes, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. No. Okay. Great, no mind. The minutes have passed, but can you please call item number five? Item number five is general public comment for matters under the jurisdiction of the Police Commission and not on today's agenda. And Chair, you have no one here for public comment. Great, thank you. Public comment is now closed. 
So can you please call item number six? Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. Item number six is resolutions. Okay, so the first resolution is the Bikes on Meaning Metro, and I'll pass this off to Commissioner Miller. Great. So um, basically, as some of you may know, uh, the current like Muni Metro, like the light rail system, like the Enjuda or the cable side, um, they don't allow um, bikes uh, on board, with the exception of holding bicycles. And um, I acknowledge that this is not like the most pressing issue right now, but I think it's like a small thing that's very attainable um, to get done. It doesn't really cost any money to implement. And I think it's just something that's been highlighted by the community a lot. Um, people I talk to um, at my school, my school has a transit club and a bike club, and many members from both will like, bring that up um, to me or like when we are like doing club meetings. So I think there is youth interest, and then there's also general community interest um, in this uh, topic. There's been blogs published, um, or like op-eds published recently in SF Streets blog, and um, other uh, local news outlets in regards to this. And I would also note that many of the Muni light rail stations, it's, it's pretty much a necessity to bring your bike on board. You can't leave it, because even some of the stations that used to have secure bike parking, like West Portal, um, the secure bike parking lockers were removed in favor of increasing car parking. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, I think it's important. And anyways, the resolution points to some more reasons why, so I'll just read it. And I can take any questions or clarification. Um, so, bikes on the Metro resolution urging the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, SNSTA, to repeal its policy of prohibiting non-holding bikes called on Muni Metro light rail services and allow full-size bicycles to be transported on Muni Metro trains. Whereas the SFMTA operates Muni San Francisco's public transit service, which includes several light rail lines commonly known as Muni Metro, and whereas Muni Metro provides fast and frequent service to many of San Francisco's neighborhoods, including service through tunnels under some of San Francisco's steepest hills, including Twin Peaks and Buena Vista Heights, and whereas uh, bike network routes comparable to Muni Metro routes are highly inadequate. For example, Portola Drive's bike lane, which parallels the Twin Peaks Muni Metro Tunnel, are on a steep grade and offer no physical protection for 35 mile per hour traffic. And Kirkham Slow Street, which parallels the Anjuda Muni Metro route, was removed in late 2022. And whereas allowing bicycles on public transportation has many benefits, including increasing public transportation accessibility and ridership by providing a convenient way to get to and from public transit, in addition to expanding access for cyclists who may not be able to cycle for the entire for their entire trip due to distance and or distance or elevation. And whereas Muni Metro currently only permits holding bicycles, which severely limits its accessibility to people biking. And whereas Muni Metro's bike policy is an industry outlier with every other Bay Area rail transit operator, including BART, Sonoma Marine Area Rail Transit, Smart, uh, Capital Corridor, Caltrain, and the Multiple Corridor Express, uh, all allow full-size bikes on board. And whereas throughout the United States, rail transit operators with similar operating conditions, such as those with underground stations, such as Seattle, um, crowding, such as the New York City subway, and high floor trains, such as Denver RTD, all have policies that allow full-size bicycles on board. And whereas Calgary C-Train, which operates the same model light rail vehicles as Mini Metro, allowed bikes on its trains at off-peak times. Uh, and 
as of May 2022, expanded bicycle access to all hours of service, even as ridership reached pre-pandemic levels. And whereas overcrowding is typically cited as a reason against allowing full-size bicycles on Mini Metro. However, according to SMMTA Director Jeff Tumlin, Mini Metro ridership has lagged compared to ridership recovery has lagged compared to bus ridership following the COVID-19 pandemic, with some lines such as the J Church seeing only 55% of pre-pandemic ridership, free enough space for bicycles. Now, therefore, we have resolved that the 2022-2023 Youth Commission of the City and County of San Francisco calls on the SFMTA to repeal its policy of prohibiting full-size bicycles from being brought on the Muni Metro system and allow full-size bicycles on Muni Metro trains when in the riders and operators' best judgment there's sufficient space to safely accommodate them. Right. Thank you so much, Commissioner Miller. Are there any questions or comments from other commissioners? Yes, Um, I have concerns. Uh, one being the safety of riders um, in the case of bicycles being on board. I guess I'm curious, not necessarily from Commissioner Miller, but from SMP itself, why this policy was implemented in the first place. It strikes me as um, both inconvenient for other riders to have large bicycles on board, especially if there's not like a designated place for them to go, as well as safety concerns in the case of, you know, people trying to get off a train in the case of an emergency. Uh, I'm not opposed to, to this, and I think it would definitely be better to have um, bikes on duty, but I guess I'm wondering why this policy is in place, and if there's something specific that San Francisco has um, you know, issues with that maybe isn't applicable to the other cases that you are decided to include. Um, well, obviously, I, I can't provide the specific reason that MTA enacted it. It doesn't seem to be a clear reason. I would just say that over the years, many, many um, systems like BARM used to per prohibit um, bikes on their trains, at least during peak hours, you know, due to reasons such as, you know, uh, rider safety, especially in the event of like overcrowding, you know, like at peak hours, the trains are too full and the bike would take up too much space, it could injure people. Um, but as the years have gone on, they kind of switched to more of a policy um, that this calls for, where when it is within the, you know, rider and the train operators, you know, ju best judgment that there's sufficient space to, for it to be safe, that only then it be allowed. Um, because I think that's one of the the biggest concerns. And I would also point out that Muni is an outlier in another way that it allows unfolded, you know, baby strollers on board, which are also, you know, very bulky. They can block the aisles in the cases of like an emergency exit. Um, people will often bring large carts of groceries and other things that um, take up space similar to the way a bicycle would. Um, and I would also point out that on the, the new Muni Metro trains, um, you may be familiar, in the center of the train, there's a section, um, not like where the train like bends, but just on the other side, where it's like a little like bar that like people can like lean on, but there's not really any seats. So that would be an area that could um, pretty safely accommodate um, bicycles, similar to how far it goes. Um, I, I appreciate that explanation. I think between now and the second reading, it might be nice to staff um, and see their team. I mean, I don't disagree with you, and you make, you make good points. I just think that you know, when we're coming at policy, we should make sure that there's not a reason that different policy has already been implemented. 
Um, and I mean, I would also just say this is very not scientific fact. This is just my experience of someone who buys the bacteria every day. Well, bacteria almost every day. I don't know like, where I'm like, on bacteria line, um, especially on the old train. So it might make sense to clarify that this policy should, you know, only the new network plans, this policy should only, only be when not being time or not lines. Um, and also just I would appreciate um, learning why that policy was implemented. Yeah, I'm totally happy to um, reach out or you know myself or connect you with people and maybe be able to answer your question as to the reasons behind the policy. I would just say that um, you know when you do have restrictions around you know times and stuff, well there's gonna be some times where even when it's not the peak, you know, that there's a field trip for students and in that case, you know, it wouldn't be safe. Or there could be, you know, two trains bunched together during rush hour, and one of them is empty and could easily accommodate them. Like, so all the more so, I think it's really difficult to have a one-size-fits-all, which is why, you know, I call. And, you know, the bar trains before the pandemic were extremely packed, you know, going through, and, you know, they just relied on people to, you know, use their judgment. And oftentimes, maybe one car is either crowded on the second, or eventually they're in any other questions or comments on this resolution? Um, if not, I would also just like to voice my support for this resolution. Um, just because, like, I feel like allowing bikes in New Mexico provides people who use bikes as a form of commute, like, with that option, and even if it may be difficult in the moment, like, you know, what Commissioner Miller said. There are a lot of things that make riding public transit really difficult and unbearable, you know, like when there's like crowds of students on field trips or like when there's someone with like a really big cart or like a really big backpack, you know, those are all different forms of obstacles. And I'm sure that like there would be ways to accommodate trains so that they can allow bikes on and that bikes can be like a more accessible form of public transportation, especially for people who live on the west side um, and use like the commuting metro more often as a form of public transportation. Um, but yeah, overall, I want to thank Commissioner Miller for writing this, um, and if there is no other discussion or comments, I believe we can accept any motions. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay, never mind. We'll do a motion at the next reading. On to the next resolution, plus supported housing and shelter supported housing. Thank you. Okay. Um, so this resolution is the resolution of this resolution. When we, um, oh, Commissioner was talking, right? What? Do you want to present or should I? Center that I think Morgan as well had brought to the LGBT task force. The first of which was um, the ability for you to be able to access these spaces in the first place, which I think is being held by another resolution once the works. 
but this one's more about the um, sort of cultural and physical safety environment in these um, support housing and um, these uh, homeless shelters. So I think, um, you know, really making sure that staff are aware of the issues that are LGBTQ people, especially our youth face uh, in terms of harassment, in terms of being um, just, you know, sort of growing up as young queer people is important. Um, and we're just sort of urging the Board of Supervisors to ensure and welfare to ensure that HSH um, is taking care of this. I think, sorry, I should have on that. Is this? I'm confused. Wait, I think this is the wrong one. Yeah. This one is not supposed to be. Yeah. 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 I'm not crazy. Yeah, right. This okay. Is the one. I was looking at it and I was like, I know what mine says, but I'm not sure. Um, well, yours did not have the land permit. Uh, so, um, what was your, what's the correct resolution? Mine. This one is supposed to be. This one's the, this one is the access one I was talking about. Uh, that I think. Yes. Were you planning to have to go to that? No. Okay. I wanted to have to talk about it in this time. Yeah. Okay. Um, in that case, we, I would table. I would table it and pull the next Thank you. Sorry, I was like, you can't read your other resolution right because because it hasn't been yeah. made available. But I mean, both of them. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, we have two. Okay. Are there any motions on the table to table this? I'll move the table. All right. Commissioner Barker, plenary motions to table item six B six B. 6B, seconded by Commissioner Listana. Uh, is there any discussion on these? Seeing none, is there any public comment? Madam Chair, there is no public comment. All right, now we'll continue with voice vote. All those in favor of tabling, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Any abstentions? All right. Um, on to item, the next item, the vote 16 resolution. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, so, hi, I'm back. Um, I can talk, talk about it now, and then we'll have a second reading um, at our next meeting. But this is once again reaffirming our support for Bill 16 and specifically calling on board and the mayor to implement uh, or to place on the ballot a uh, proposition lowering the early age to 16 and 10 to their local elections. This is something that the Youth Commission has supported both in 20, um, 2024, 2016, and then 2024, 2020. Um, and I think we hope that we'll once again support this. Last time, the measure lost by less than 10%. Um, so I think it's really important that we keep pushing on this issue. Um, I can go ahead and read it, and then we can have Um, and I also just want to say, Commissioner Hahn is the one who began this and started at the end. Um, I was more than glad to help write it, but uh, you know, obviously he's in Kentucky, I think, um, for Jared for PCE training. So um, I'm here on out. We were first at the point. Um, resolution requesting the mayor and board of supervisors to place a total amendment to lower the liberal voting age in Jared's community as possible. Elections on the November 2024 ballot, whereas the last 16 and 17 year olds are eligible for 
current and how I'm hoping a new generation of people in the democratic process and it's sort of valuable to the engagement and voting against people who have. Whereas, allowing 16 and 17 year olds to vote with them and give the value of their voices and opinions and lived experience in the democratic process and have greater diversity of voices to be a factor of them. Whereas, teens and San Francisco are across the country have engaged with political issues like climate action, health safety policies, LGBTQ rights, and protection, safety and design. We put up with health care rights and we through protests, social media campaigns, lobbying, elected officials, and voluntary slash working on political campaigns, and serving on public parties. Showing those major political engagement and opinions from teens. And whereas, at age 16, youth have developed the intellectual maturity of measure on election and division decision making skills and equal coordination. Needed for making responsible reporting choices according to research published by the American Psychological Association. And whereas, according to the Pew Research Center, countries such as Argentina, Austria, and Germany, that have at least partially that have at least partial voting rights for 16 and 17 year olds, all are going to be United in voter turnout and where our date voter turnout in the United States is historic highs in 2018, 2020, and 2022 with some of the highest participation rates of people aged 18 to 29 since the voting age is lower to 18, child generations to involved politically active in the age of previous generations. And whereas upon turning 16 and 17 young people are literally able to drive or pay taxes and be charged for health and charges, unless the military and yet are denied the effective vote. And whereas research shows that allowing young people to vote at earlier ages increases voter turnout in future elections and further stimulates stimulate interest in getting more involved in local government affairs. And whereas research further shows that voting while still attending schools first making voting and left to become a habit. And whereas the 16 USA is a national campaign organized by generation citizens that aims to support efforts to extend voting rights to 16 and 17 year olds on the local level, help start new local campaigns and elevate the issues covered on the national level. And whereas in 2005, resolutions are noted by both the San Francisco Commission resolution number 0013 and the San Francisco Board of Supervisors file number 0051215 supported expanding suffrage citizens to 16 years and older in city and county of San Francisco elections to 16. And whereas Berkeley voters passed measure Y1 in 2016, which lowered the voting age to 16 for Berkeley and high school election, showing support for voting 16 in the Bay Area, and whereas the Colonel Park Maryland remains currently in this power in the United States. We reduced the legal voting age to 16 in the years of age in May 2013, and that's possibly next time. Election voters have been newly elected voting age 16 to 17 to 44%, while local voters now is 11%. And whereas the Scottish government allowed 16 and 17 year olds to vote for the 2016, for the first time by the Sanskrit Board of Supervisors and the Sanskrit Youth Commission, committee of the whole year, I'm putting Bill 16 on the ballot. And whereas in 2016, 9 out of 11 Sanskrit Supervisors voted for Bill 16 on the ballot, which became Proposition House. But lost by the Bill's March of 2.1 and 2.1 in the 2016 election. And whereas in 2019, the Sanskrit Youth Commission adopted the Bill 14 to 19 by KRS 1, giving the man of war supervisors to lower San Francisco legal voting age to 16 in the municipal solution elections. We have never needed to measure support from those 16. Those 16. And whereas in 2020, the Sanskrit was unanimously voted for those 16 on the file to make Proposition B, but lost us by less than 1% in the election. And whereas Proposition G gathered support 
and of course, it's from a wide range of elected and appointed political organizations and individuals, including Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, California Senator Scott Reiner, then Assemblymember David Shoup, Assemblymember Paul Chang, Marilyn and Reed, all of them supervisors, all of them Board of Education Commissioners, the San Francisco Democratic Party, the San Francisco Women's Political Committee, the United Democratic Party, the Dallas Control, the Social Security Democratic Party, the San Francisco Young Democrats, the San Francisco Bicycle Coalition, the San Francisco Conservation Birds, the San Francisco Bay Area Planning and Government Research Association, and this paper is the San Francisco Examiner and Debate Guardian. And we are putting section 4.124 of the San Francisco Charter. The Youth Commission is tasked with identifying and proposing solutions to address the unmet needs and concerns of the youth of San Francisco. And whereas the Youth Commission believes that the young, that young people's ability to engage in the electoral process are directly impacted by the government's unmet needs, and so be it. Resolved that the 2022 2023 Youth Commission, we are starting this commitment and advocating for the expansion of voting rights to the youth in 16 to 17 year old in municipal school district elections, and be a further result of the Youth Commission request that we have to do this Thank you, Commissioner Mark Plummer. Are there any questions or comments on this resolution? <laughs> Seeing no discussion, um, I just want to thank Commissioners Barbara Plummer um, and Pete Mattel for all of your guys' work on this issue. Um, and yeah, I believe we can take any motions whenever you want. Oh, sorry. Okay, so we'll be motioning on the second reading. Sorry, guys, it's been a very long day. Um, for, for the record, Chairman and I and Commissioner Anish and Yes, so please excuse us. Um, okay, on to the next resolution, which is the mental health resolution. Who were the authors? Okay, yeah. Do you want to read out the resolution? Yeah. So the resolution is urging the mayor and board of supervisors to collaborate with the to increase funding for wellness programs, resources, outreach, and education in San Francisco public schools, including more professional development for school staff on wellness practices and frameworks such as healing center care and youth and peer to peer counseling. Whereas the San Francisco Wellness Initiative was launched to improve the health and well being of all San Francisco, of all San Francisco Unified School District students and Whereas wellness centers were implemented in SFUSD schools to provide mental and physical health care services available to all SFUSD students, therefore enhancing students' feelings of safety and well-being. Whereas in the 2006 and 2002 to 2007 Youth Commission Budget Policy Priorities Report, the Youth Commission advocated for the expansion and funding of SFUSD wellness centers to the city's middle and high schools as well as the preservation of mental health programs and the use of HAB Act to hire more wellness center staff in the 2008 to 2009 and 2009 to 2010 commission budget policy priorities reports and whereas the 2020 kids data survey found that 30.2% of black SFUSD students in grade seven 
9 and 11 experienced depression-related feelings, along with 29.7% of Hispanic and Latino students and 22.4% of Asian students compared to. I'm just reading this resolution, and I feel like Hong was going to add something in here and did not get to it. Because um, I just noticed that there's like three dots after compared to, but where is oh. <laughs> It's okay. It's just the first reading. So okay. you can just read with me. Okay. Whereas these therapies only increased with the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, and whereas pandemic school closures deprived students were from seeing classmates and being a part of organizations, teams, and programs which offer them training purpose. And whereas following the pandemic, SMUs publicly committed to supporting students' mental health and wellness, as well as increasing access to health and wellness services for middle school students. And whereas the EU Commission recognizes the need of larger investment in mental health services coming out of the pandemic, and whereas many SMUs students presently do not have access to wellness centers for a variety of reasons, including a lack of diverse representation and a disconnect between services and students, as students do not feel comfortable accessing the wellness centers. And whereas a 2020 survey published by K 12 Guide reports that black students are the least likely to report having trusted adults at school and the most likely to claim that their school mental health professional cannot understand their situation due to racial and ethnic. And whereas the Chinese Progressive Association 
All right, thank you so much, Commissioner Pimentel, for bringing this out, and Commissioner Hum for their work on this as well. Um, are there any comments or questions about this? I would just say, like, something you might want to add is I think one of the biggest problems, at least that I've noticed, like, at Lowell um, and, like, the Wellness Center is we have, like, really high, like, staff turnover or, like, vacancies, like, where positions will just be, like, vacant for forever. And I think there's some reporting in, like, our student newspaper, the Lowell, that might be, like, helpful for, like, data or, like, um, facts about it. But, like, I think one of the main reasons is, like, they don't pay enough. So nobody really wants to apply for the position. And people who are in the position you know, often leave for other work. So I think that would be um, something that's important to have Thank you, Commissioner Miller. Anyone else? I mean, this, this feedback is kind of similar to what I gave during our committee meeting, but I think it would be helpful to make sure that your Resolve clauses are more similar to the data that you're presenting. Like you had the um, section on expanding access, expanding access to <laughs> um, expanding access to wellness centers, and having professional development for school staff on wellness practices and frameworks for wellness center care. You anchor peer to peer counseling, and you talk about like students not being able to access them or not feeling comfortable accessing them. And so it's a little hard to connect your resolve about like having peers counsel each other when there's also from the data you presented it says that you are concerned and share their issues with people. But like, from what you said, I think that like might contradict it a little bit. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't include your resolve clause. Some of the resolve clauses I think it would just be helpful to have more data that backs that up. Okay. Um, and also just like clarifying what healing center care is. And you think of your, your counseling is because that wasn't mentioned in the body of it. Okay. Anyone else? If not, I would like to second what Commissioner Hunting said. Like, I definitely agree that um, explanation on what peer-to-peer counseling is would be really helpful. Um, even though it's it's a little self-explanatory to name, but maybe even like a statistic proving that it's helpful for you, um, just to strengthen your claims. But other than that, I think it's a very well done resolution. Um, but just adding more specificity around like what those terms are, and, like how they would be affected by Yeah. Thank you. No other comments or questions? Okay. Thank you so much, Commissioner Pimentel. Um, and then on to the next resolution, the school safety resolution. Do I just go back and forth? Yeah, I mean, you are. I mean, we've been discussing a lot. This is on our meetings. The general gist of this resolution is urging SFUSD to actually install school safety measures. Schools. It's something that you guys all heard in our hearing. They haven't really confirmed that they're doing. Um, and so this resolution is just urging the city and trying to stay on top of them doing that and also to collect the funding for because there's no timeline. And there's, even if there was a complete timeline and like, all they got the plan laid out, there's still a lot of money to actually do it. So that's what this resolution is looking for. And the rest of the document also attached is just on notes. So it is only one. No, 
on the installation of critical school safety measures in the schools, including public announcement systems for both projects with security cameras and the Further resolved, the San Francisco Youth Commission Commission requests the mayor and board of supervisors to work with the San Francisco Unified School District to secure funding for the installation of these critical school safety measures, and there will be it. Further resolved, the San Francisco Youth Commission requests a new member manager understanding between the San Francisco Unified School District and the San Francisco Police Department to ensure that their current working relationship is upheld to ensure adequate safety measures and plans are in place and student rights are respected for police are involved. And uh, this new memorandum of understanding not includes police presence at school sites as a matter of regular policy, not including community voting effects on emergency situations. All right, thank you so much, Commissioners Lutting and Robert Plummer. Um, I'd like to open it up for any other commissioners who may have questions on this. Um, so I'm curious, you know, was there a cost associated like with SFUSD paying um, SFPD anything when they did have a have a Excuse me, an MOU, because I know, like, um, for example, the MTA uh, has uh, a memorandum of understanding with SFPD, and every time SFPD responds to a call on like community property or something, they're, they're then billed as part of that memorandum of understanding. I, I mean, I would imagine so because of the SRO program, which involved more involvement than like you would see between a regular organization and SFPD. This. Resolution doesn't call for the restoration of the absolute program. It calls for like different MOU that will now um, just some sort of kind of current agreements that are in place be written into the legal agreement. Um, I don't think that there would be a cost associated with that, other than if SFP was responding, which if you have 911 respond to your emergency, there is a cost associated with that, as I understand it anyway. Uh, so there might be. If you call the police. Actually, if you call no, the police. If you get in, I think it's if you get in the ambulance. Yeah. Okay. And then that cost. So like some people will like have will drive themselves to the hospital after right. calling okay. the ambulance because of that. I don't see any reason why it would be. I don't see any reason why SFP would add a cost to it. Um, but you're not sure. Well, I mean, well, let me finish what I'm saying. Um, I, I'm not sure. There's any reason why they would add a cost, and that would be different than if there was already one on the district. I mean, I can imagine that if the district did end up paying SFPD, that the MOU could stipulate on maybe that being a lower price than if it was by the organization or something. But my understanding is that you don't get you don't get charged for calling the police, and I see no reason why SFPD would end up getting charged for that. And just to add on, the previous MOU did not mention. I did not read any. I didn't see any cost, so there was any. There was anything that wasn't on the previous MOU, and our MOU is basically asking for the current relationship, which is not really a cost relationship; it's more of just a communication relationship, to be formally written and established for future, you know, future years of leadership. So we're not really asking for something that requires cost. We're just asking for some agreements about how SFUSD and SFPD should interact. But you're not sure. It, 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 it sounds like it wouldn't cost anything, but it, it could ultimately, depending on whatever. Well, because we don't have an MOU. I don't you, think it would cost anything. We can't say what this MOU would or wouldn't, an MOU that hasn't been negotiated would or wouldn't exclude. But I, I don't. We'll see why SFUSD would ever agree to an MOU with SFPD that included costs. That's why already 
in existence. It seems like we're going to be mad at passengers using that to that reduced cost of school and maintains safety and I don't think there would be possible because the last one we would have to have more in it didn't include specific costs. I'm surprised that I, I, I haven't seen it, so I would have to look into that. If you want it, we have it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I might also do some other digging. But yes, um, and I, I don't know. I would just say that in general, like, I, I don't know. I just don't really, like, Trust something. Everything is always framed as like, oh, it's to ensure students' rights are respected, or you know, whatever. Which you know, it sounds great, but like, I don't know. We have people who the police department is paying, you know, thousands of our tax dollars to, who are like communication strategists who love to formulate, you know, language like this. I'm just very skeptical of anything that would have a relationship between police and our schools. But. I have to say the thing about students' rights being respected was not the SMPD that was messing with the That was one of their, that was very much with that they said that to them. They're like, I think it's full strength, so it's very, so that is something that is really, that's really important to them. But, and so that's talk, they're trying to uphold SMPD's schools in relation So is, do you know, does Greg support um, having an MOU? Because it says that the SFPD person um, believes it's better to have written agreements, but Greg was more careful with his words, um, which I think has to do with the political environment he is in. Um, so I so he, he has not explicitly supported an MOU. So he also also yeah. When asked that question, he basically said, and you could go, we have the board, you can yeah. listen to that, but his answer was, we want to make sure student rights are observed. So he didn't say yes or no, but that's what he said. From the research, this is the best way. I don't know. I, I, I remain skeptical, but um, sure. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I support the rest of the like infrastructure improvements. I just think you know we've been uh, you know operating without an MOU since when 2020, um, and you know, uh, and school site violence has gotten worse. So you, you could, I could point to, I, I could point to that and say, well, we should bring back school resource officers. Then you could make any argument you wanted based off of that, but it doesn't, you know, should we bring back school resource officers because violence has gone up? I'm just saying, um, but yeah, I think there's other reasons for that. But I would also just point out that I, I do support these infrastructure-related measures and like the funding for them, but I just think that there needs to be a more like holistic approach to this. Because like Lowell, they built a new building in the past you know year that has floor to ceiling windows that lead into the hallway. So it's like you kind of have a lockdown. You know, where are you gonna? If anybody is in the hallway, they can easily like see into the classroom. Like there's much more than just having a little you know buzzer on the door. Uh, I guess is my point. And it sounds like we advise the mayor and the board of supervisors. So SFPD, who you know is like a city department under the or whoever that we would be advising, they already support an MOU. So I, I just don't see the, our, how our call um, for an MOU is very impactful if um, the city department that we would be advising already supports it. Thank you, Commissioner Miller. Um, are there any other comments or questions for commissioners? 
um, while people were thinking, I have like a few things. I guess just like I was a little confused on the second half of the resolution, just because you guys talk about how um, they're they like don't want to renew these relationships, but I feel like you don't really explain how these relationships could have been effective later on. Like for example, the um, SF. Uh, wait, sorry. Yeah, for example, the um, SFP community outreach or the school safe, the school staff procedure for like requested police assistance and things like that. Like, I can see how some of these things could be like impactful and beneficial for kids at SFUSD schools. But I think it would like be very helpful if you could like provide information on how this would benefit you, like data or something. Just because like I feel like like what Commissioner Miller said, a lot of this language is like very vague and there's a lot of like buzzwords where I'm not really seeing how this could like positively impact you because there's like no proven data showing that it would. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess just like also the fact that there's no data on like anyone supporting it except for SFPE kind of like makes the resolution a lot weaker and I think it would help to show like what community group supports and what departments support this just because I feel like it not that it lacks in focus, but there's just like a lot of like talk about this, but there's like no voice about like who actually like is asking for something like that. Um, so I guess yeah, but I, I support the the other like infrastructure ask that we've talked about in like our BPD and stuff, but just the MOU like I think it would be a lot helpful if there was like a voice on like who, who needs this and who wants this. Or like if there's like a reason why they chose not to. Yeah. Do you want me to ask for your response? Do you, do you want to respond to my question? I don't know. Oh, 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 well, I mean, I think there are a lot of um, the reasons why they chose not to renew it, and it was also that the previous MLB included the sports results. Yeah. So we are highlighting the stuff in it that was, would be beneficial and ensure that. There's just clear guidelines on what's happening with me as a good team as a company. Um, but I'm not asking for what, what was a big controversy with the previous method that we had in the previous source. Another matter of day to day. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we could clarify that. Um, and for your information on who supports it, this is an issue that we're bringing up again that hasn't been brought up in a while. So it's not something that has a large coalition behind it. So I think that it's sometimes something that happens on the Youth Commission where maybe this type of advocacy starts here and we are Youth Commissioners and we as youth do feel that it's important from our conversations to have this agreement and the benefit is there is, we have from our conversations with people in SFUSD and SFPD, there is a current relationship that is kind of ensuring all these things but it's not formally written. So there's no way, our concern is that there's no way to ensure if like one of the people, you know, one of the, um, uh, the SFP acting commander believes that this relationship will continue with the next one. So that's kind of what we want to make sure is that what's happening, good relationship that's happening now, the communication that's happening now, now it's just not helpful. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah. And I mean, I'll be frank as well, I think that's important. Um, I, have to this. It, I don't think I quite thought through the action I was taking when I 
play with it and it's like, you ready? Let me give you a fantastic resolution that said we're not going to have any error here. And at the time, you were talking about the school resource officer program, but unsurprisingly, um, from that work education, um, they didn't really look into the issue and look at the other things that were in that MOU. And that, at that time, actually kind of left both SFUSD and SFPD scrambling a little bit to figure out what that new relationship should be. And I'm just up here paying an account of making sure that our schools are safe, um, even for just things like information. I mean, the reason that this came up to Commissioner Arding and I is like, we wanted to know how SFPD and SFUSD were sharing information. Um, I mean, especially on like school site. I mean, I, my example was always like, does should SFPD have blueprints for a school in case that they need to respond to an after school situation? Like, how do we best prepare both entities to be able to respond and also after an event happens, how do we like recover from that? Um, and that he said, well, look at these entities. Um, so, so that's where this came. Well, the MOU, the goal of this is not for us to do stuff as a program, and the goal is not really to like increase the relationship necessarily between mm -hmm. SPRC and SFPD, is to, to formalize it both to protect student rights as well as to um, to make sure that the safety needs of schools are being met, which I have sufficient concern that they're not being met. I was to add that one of the things we are concerned about is. We asked, we asked separately both SFUSD and SFPD for the data around the schools. And we wanted to, we asked SFUSD how they were tracking it to figure out what was, what was going differently each year and how they were figuring out the response to good enough. They couldn't even give us information on violence in schools each year. Like they didn't even have the data. They didn't have the data. They didn't have the numbers or timeline, anything like that. Like they weren't tracking any of that. And then SFPD just responded to the table. Like the information we got on times SFPDs responded to SFUSD instances, that's from SFP. Like they, they didn't even share that information or try to collaborate to figure out the problems there. And if I can add one thing on that as well, what we're seeing a lot of is the issues that are happening inside of schools is now becoming issues in the local neighborhood. Uh, I think we saw that recently with Stonestown. Um, I was, I mean, this is something that's good. Actually, I don't know how to explain it. We saw that with um, high school in the Marina, middle school, sorry, middle school in the Marina, Marina middle school, um, that the, the issues that were happening there were then sort of, I don't want to say spilling out, but they were, they were growing to include the other community as well. And outside of the walls of SFUST, there's no jurisdiction. So I think it's important that the two are in communication well, because you know, when a, a student who was in school that day left, then you know, was in a situation with SFPD or just you know, any, any kind of violence occurs, I think it's it should really fall to the school district to be able to do disciplinary action about that, not necessarily the office kid into the juvenile justice system. So, having you know, a, a way to be able to have that be a because that's not happening right now. Yeah, if I could just, um, I mean, I appreciate you guys responding to my questions, and a lot of that makes sense. Um, I guess, like, the only thing that I'm concerned about is that, like, in your whereas clauses, you talk about, like, what the MOU, like, previously required and, like, what 
what that allowed SFPD to do and like how it allowed SFPD to work with SFUSD. But I'm just worried just because like the language in the result clause is very vague, ensuring that students' rights are respected. If, if we don't have like more specific asks on like how we actually want police to be involved, like I'm worried that like our ask with MOU is going to be taken out of our like current interpretation of like why we need it, right? So I think just like specifying why an MOU would be helpful and like like what exact relationship we want with SMUC and SMPD because it seems like you guys like seem to know how you want SMUC and how you want SMPD to interact in terms of like communication like how present SFPD should be on SFUSD campuses. And I think just like elaborating on that in the result clauses would make it a lot clearer that no, like we're not, like you do say that we don't want like the students' presence, but just like more detail than ensuring that students' rights are respected, right? Because a police officer could obviously like make any, like he can justify that it's like respecting any student, right? Like he can say a lot of stuff, but I'm just like, I think it's important for us to like clarify the specific relationship we want. Uh, SFU, USD and SFPD and like how we want them to work together because yeah I think it might help to like do research on like which practices were effective in the past with, with the past MOU and like how we can learn from that. Um, I know that's like kind of a lot and this is like kind of a new thing that you guys are working on and I really appreciate you guys like taking charge on it but it's just like I think just the result clauses could be clarified because I don't know right now it's just like very confusing and if you don't know all of the backgrounds I was just curious to follow up. I don't know if other commissioners have questions. Um, so, I mean, this, this builds off of Jeremy a little bit and sort of pertains to one of the resolve clauses. It's, it's sort of a smaller detail. Maybe it's hard to foresee how this would work like with the MOU that's not written yet, but I think it's still an important detail that people care about either way. It's like it mentions that police officers would not be present in school with regular policy. No, except for like community building events and emergency situations, but I guess especially for community like building events, like defining what that means, like would, would an MOU like be supportive of SFPD coming to school for would it be like a like school events like that like require extra like extra security or would it be like career days or like just to just to sort of clarify that a little bit and bolstering all the resolve clauses. And then you know specifying what the emergency situation is because I mean yeah you guys did a great job and I know that you guys have been yet but I think it would be you know if you guys could like clarify what maybe you envisioning that would be great. Yes. you know, spillover or whatever you want to call it. 
and he mentioned that it would be important for SFUSD and SFPD to share data. Um, and he mentioned that SFUSD does not have jurisdiction on things that don't happen on campus. And you also mentioned that you don't want um, people who, you know, could have their issue dealt with by SFUSD um, to then be instead facing the juvenile justice system or whatever. So I'm just curious what that relationship is that you're looking for. Are you hoping that SFUSD is saying, hey, you know, this kid is having a lot of problems at school, you know, be on the like, watch out for him, like, you know, if you have contact with them. I just don't see how a relationship where you would be looking to avoid, you know, issues with the juvenile justice system would focus on communication with police as opposed to, you know, calling for better collaboration with community, you know, services or like the past resolution, you know, mental health. Let me give you an example. Say a student makes threats that they are going to commit an act of shooting at school. I think it's worthwhile to have a relationship that it states that the school will then upload SFPD that that is a threat. And right now there is nothing that requires SFUSD or SFPD to share that information before I say that they have or I accept it and take it and use that as a matter of safety moving forward. So you're saying because the thing is, a policy could exist for SFUSD that if they get any threat, that they report it to the police. That could be their SFUSD policy. It doesn't require them. They, SFUSD can just set that as their policy. If you get a threat, hey, pick up the phone, call, you know. Yeah, but and that doesn't require collaboration. But there's, but there's nothing that SFPD is required to do. And that policy is that not well, sure it is. It's SFPSD's policy. No, but what I'm saying is that, that, that once SFPD has been contacted, there's no protocol for what SFPD is supposed to be. So what would you want the protocol? I, I, I mean, you could probably brief all of the officers of the local station before they go out under control. I, I, I'm skipping here. I'm not an expert on public safety, police protocol, or school safety. I'm an advocate for young people. but I. I think that that's a pretty reasonable expectation to have about public schools and uh, Sure, so let's, I don't know, I mean, it's impossible to deal with every, you know, what situation, but that's something that we're, you know, yeah, the devil's in the details there. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I just, we're not voting on it today, we don't have to dwell on it, but I'm just saying I'm very uncomfortable voting on something this day. Yeah, can I just, um, I appreciate everyone's input, but back and forth, I think, I don't think we need to do this back and forth publicly unless you have this. Okay, just really quick because I think it was like unclear what SFUSD. One of the things that was in the previous MOU was like trainings between SFUSD and SFUSD. So some of the things that they asked SFUSD to do were trainings on like youth development and community outreach to make sure they're in touch with you and knew how to do it. So right now, it's not something that's necessarily required for the schools. And we also want to make sure that SFPD members interact with young people because in our hearing, they didn't really confirm that they have a lot of training on that. And so the MLU and the previous MLU were asking. So that's another thing. Like, even when they do have briefings on what schools look like and how they should go into a school and respond to emergency situations, it's also, we also want to make sure that we stay that they know that they interact. I mean, that's what they did, but it was sad, you know, like, I don't think they have any specific trainings for kids. I mean, he said there are some trainings for de-escalation for the team, but, I mean, 
They just gave it to us. But, but okay, but here's my question is, is this going to be signed off by this person next? What is it? Yeah. I, I, I presume it's, it's not coming from the chair, is really my question. We're just supporting that kind of that they are going to send. It's my opinion. I don't know. I think it might be, I think they are hoping that we'll sign on and we'll have their name and the commission and then our staff will potentially send it in to like get boost their, you know. I don't know. I think she just wants like our logo or like our button on the button that they're sending to other groups. Okay. I mean I would be comfortable without me being on it, but I don't think you're gonna be appropriate for us to send No, it's not working. It says endorse a letter calling for Okay, but if you look at the attached letter but that's just in a supporting document, so that we understand. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the I'm just clarifying <laughs> your clarification. So, okay, I, I can go and email them and say, oh, <laughs> just to be clear. Like, <laughs> just to provide just some clarification. We're, we're going to say that we sign on, but you need to email it. It's very important that you email it. But I think, that, I think that's, that's fair. I mean, that's what you want. I understand that I think that it shouldn't be coming from us because we didn't write it and we didn't, you know. No, it's not going to come Okay, so, yeah. I, not to mention the fact that I would highly encourage them to go to other community organizations and get them to sign up. But that's a good matter. But I'm just saying that I was confused by that and I thought it would be okay to just figure it out. I don't really care. I'm just trying to support somebody who cares about my district. There's a young person out there who can't. I just want to give him a platform. I don't want to actually focus up to the people of this, which is um, yes, um, representing everyone. Perfect. All right, thank you, Commissioner Miller, for this, and Commissioner Burke. For your question, um, is there any motion to support this? Motion to endorse this letter. I'm not. I'm not motioning. I'm just saying that's what. Good motion. Okay, I'll motion to support the letter. Sure. Seconded. Commissioner Miller motions to endorse this letter, seconded by Commissioner Wynn. Um, is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there okay? My only thing is if it is gonna end up coming from us, I don't It's not gonna come from us. Okay, well okay, yeah, we'll make it clear that we didn't. We didn't honor this. All we offered is the motion. We just signed the letter. Yeah, but we also didn't do the I didn't, I didn't ask for the letterhead to be. I, that's not me. I didn't do it. Never mind. No, I just. I just don't. I think I did. I think we have it on the record. Sorry. Okay. Okay. We didn't vote. Um, <laughs> okay. Is there any public comment? Madam Chair, there is no public comment. Um, seeing no public comment, public comment is not closed. All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. Any abstentions? Great, thank you guys. 
Um, on to the next item of the agenda, the Geary Improvement Project Commission. <laughs> 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 Commission. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to set that straight. Um, okay, so is it, is it me again? Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. Okay, hi. Um, we are here. Um, so basically, the next item is a motion in support of the Geary Boulevard Improvement Project, which would extend the existing um, bus and taxi only lane on Geary Boulevard. Um, from 15th Avenue, where it currently ends, um, to 28th Avenue. Um, and basically, um, where this project has already, or pretty much the same project of uh, side running transit lanes, um, stop relocations, pedestrian pull downs, and such has already been implemented east of 15th Avenue. And it's shown great results, um, such as um, large reductions. I'm trying to find the exact number here. Um, in um, speeding um, and large, I think it's an 18% reduction in travel time on the bus. Um, yes. Um, and also, just to highlight, one in five riders of the 38 year that bus stop that would benefit from this are youth under the age of 25. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, Commissioner Miller. Um, are there any questions or comments on this motion? Yes. I just want to be very supportive of this motion of Commissioner Miller. Um, I think that this also was brought up in our meeting with the mayor. Um, last one. Last, this one. June's been long and also very short. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I think that the SMTA can both use all of these for as well as some on this issue, um, and I think it's kind of disappointing to see the local supervisor. Thank you, Commissioner Robert Plummer. Any other comments or questions? Commissioner, sure, sure, the chair's signature. You're not going to make me send it myself. I can do that. All right, thank you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Is, is there any motion to support this? Seconded. Commissioner Barbara Palmer motions to support this motion. Seconded by Commissioner Utte. Um, Is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? Madam Chair, there is no public comment. Thank you. <laughs> On to the next item of the agenda, ACA 5 for what? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's been a long day. Um, all those in favor of the motion, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. Any abstentions? All right, on to the next item of the agenda, ACA 5. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this is a motion to support ACA 5. Motion support the five. I just sent a letter to the assembly um, member, lower informant member, our support, and brought it to the state legislature. Um, I am a support of finally changing the California state constitution to include protections for LGBTQ marriage um, and to remove common voting language that was in the constitution. 
in queue. Um, any other questions or comments? Okay, if not, um, I will accept any motions to support this. Commissioner, don't look at me like that. Don't. Commissioner Miller, I mean, <laughs> Commissioner Unleashed, motions to support, seconded by. Can, can you look at Seconded by Commissioner Adair. Is there any discussion? Is there any public comment? There's no public comment. All in favor say aye. 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 All opposed say no. Any abstentions? Motion passed. Please call the next item. The next item. Legislation referred file number 230519, hearings homeless and supporting housing strategic plan. Thank you, Clerk. I'm seeing that there's no presenters and the staff have anything they want to add, but I think you guys were probably asking what I said. Yeah. Um, I know I have a question about the email spoken about this. So if people have questions or comments they want to be included in the memo, please speak now. Do we already have what was mentioned last meeting? Last meeting was like, we talked about how we can make these issues like long-term based and how they're going to like stand by it being long-term because they're providing permanent housing, but like how permanent is it? What are the restrictions to it for the people who are being given this housing unit? And then we talked about what resources these people would be given during their time at housing and like how that's being acquired and like advocated for and then what are the restrictions to that and after I guess what period of time will they be given this day and how long it'll be like given for because they can't provide 100% all the time so how are they going to accommodate that um those are what stuck out to me most yeah, I feel like not at the HRT meeting, but at the last meeting, I've, me or other like, commissioners, I know I was like on the phone, so maybe it was more difficult. But anyways, I, I don't know, I can just like say them now, I think I largely remember. But I think um, something I would want to include is an urge that um, any temporary shelters, um, especially congregate shelters, ensure that they're high quality and provide as much privacy as possible and as much, um, you know, access um, for, uh, or like the services that, you know, or accommodations that homeless people need to like, you know, bring in their pet or, you know, their belongings, you know, and that was various, you know, things that the department mentioned are barriers to people accessing housing. Um, I think it's also important to, like just reading the bio here, um, it's talking about the, the approach to like, determining who qualifies and something that we heard at the LGBTQ plus task force is like the issues for youth um, in accessing uh, 
housing and um, shelter because of like various like definitions of housing or like scoring systems that favor people you know who have had you no know, long history of homelessness but you know for young people well you know just by definition their age they can't have a, a long history of homelessness per se so just ensuring that there's an equitable system and it seems like we received clarification Sorry, I'm talking too much now to simply include in a memo. But um, but uh, ensure that service providers are directing youth clients to the appropriate youth intake system. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Thank you. You want to go back to that? Sure. I'm asking how we're back to six. Are there any other comments or questions or anything else we'd like to ask in general? Okay, I mean, we can take like a second to look at the plan too, if we want to find like specific things. Um, it should be printed for everyone. I, I remember something else that we talked about in HRT is it's on page nine, at least it's page nine in the little booklet. It has the five goals. And the second one is reducing racial inequities and other disparities. And when they came and presented, I think somebody had asked a question of like, well, how specifically do they do, you do that? And they didn't necessarily have specifics. They're just like, oh, well, it's, it's our goal. So having more, um, you know, actionable steps to achieving that goal in particular, but really all of their goals. I mean, I would just say that they're a little bit on that. Just FYI, but I think I want to have more. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is there doesn't seem to really be a plan for this site. But there doesn't seem to really be a plan for this site. How these funds are being spent and how. Um, uh, effective um, each of these plans are. So I think it's worth saying that right now I think there's an expectation from programmers and just people in general that when they're sending their money, it's not actually seeing the results on this issue. And one last thing, if I may add, I think we always bring this up in regards to this issue, but ensuring that there's services, obviously, and you know communities with like a higher need for it, like Soma or the Tenderloin, but also, you know, in, you know, Western or Southern neighborhoods that, you know, may not see as much current access to services, but the need is still there. And I would also encourage a focus on people who aren't, you know, on the streets, but are still homeless or unhoused, you know, people who are living in vehicles or other, you know, non-ideal conditions. Um, yes. I also want to add one more thing. Your goal five on page nine just says preventing homelessness. And I guess that's more of like also included, it just says preventing homelessness. So I'm like, I guess a more, a better way to phrase that is like how are they going to make affordable housing? That's like one of the biggest issues here in San Francisco is that there's no affordable housing and how to like find that housing here. So maybe like a question on. How are they going to try to get affordable housing here in San Francisco? How does that work? 
I'll also add like these are great, uh, very ambitious like marketing goals. Um, 18, but I think 2028, and they do like sort of spell out how they're going to get there in terms of numbers. Thousand seventy five shelter beds, thirty two hundred fifty units of permanent housing. But what the, I wonder if they have any plan to like how they're going to get there incrementally over a five year period because you know clearly we're going to need to speed up the rate, especially with permanent housing for this to actually happen. So I mean maybe we could like suggest more um, more like step by step um, goals instead of just saying well, we want to have this by the end of five years. So mentioned it's great that you're having this discussion, but that's also why we're having this hearing to like answer all like these concerns and like questions. So you can probably add that to like the memo and like concerns for right now. Yeah, I think it would be like questions we want to ask. I think you're yeah, okay, thank you everyone so much for your questions. Um, and staff, if you guys could please keep us updated on the hearing too, that would be great. Um, if there's no other discussion, it looks like we can call just any public comment on this item of the agenda. No public comment. All right, thank you. Um, public comment is now closed. Can you please call item number nine? Uh, item number nine is committee reports. All right, so starting with the executive committee, um, both of our LAOs are off, but um, if Joy wants to provide an update, you are definitely support with the um, yeah, the comments and the questions. Yeah. Okay. Does anyone want a motion? Well, it's, it's motioning to support the hearing, right? Yeah. The plan. I support the yeah. hearing. I, I don't know if I support the plan, but uh, motion to support the hearing um, with our comments and questions. Commissioner Miller motions to support the hearing with our comments and questions, seconded by Commissioner Anish. Um, is there any public comment on that motion? All the comments are closed. Um, let's take a voice vote. All those in favor, please say aye. All those opposed, say nay. Any abstentions? All right. The motion has passed. Um, what can you please call item number nine? Item number nine is committee reports. All right. So, uh, Joy, if you want to report on behalf of the LEOs, you're welcome to do so. But um, first, I would like to thank um, Vice Chair Margaret Palmer and Chair Wen for helping with the LEO duties. Um, for now, um, we have one referred legislation, and that is new. It is the BOS file number 230736, Administrative Code Firearms Prohibited Places, um, sponsored by um, Supervisor Catherine Stephanie, and that's going to be on your next agenda uh, for full commission. Other than that, um, thank you to all the commissioners today who went out and did public comment on behalf of the Youth Commission. Um, just to let you all know, today was public comment day, so that's why all community is yours. Huh? Maybe still is, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, last year it went until 3 a.m., so who knows? Um, Especially going into July, please like visit your supervisor offices, 
to like advocate on behalf of the Youth Commission because deliberations are going to, to the full Board of Supervisors um, and there's still the whole July one. It's not as hectic as public comment day, but there are still very important like stuff um, that needs to be voted on by the whole board. But so um, Vice Chair um, Robert Munger and Chair Lynn might still like reach out to you all to like see how we can continue the new commission advocacy. Thank you. Sorry, two quick questions. One, do we know if there's a legislative aide who's going to be speaking on that um, the current legislation Um I, we can we can get some of um, yeah. Joy, I so I got the notification that we got a referred. Joy just got it today. Okay. So we'll we're working yeah. work on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, my other question. What was my other question? Oh, do you do I do you know what the status of the um, outside lands? Um, contract is it's supposed to go before BOS and I asked for it to be referred, but I really haven't seen it anywhere. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it hasn't. I don't think it's been before the BOS. My understanding is that the BOS has to approve it. I don't believe I got that request. I'm sorry if I missed any uh, communication from you, but uh, did you? Yeah, I remember we had a conversation. I don't. I haven't seen it. That's right. I've been checking the list. I've been checking the interviews, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. So I don't know. Which might, office is? We would be coming from Fox and Press. Huh? We would be coming from Fox. We're going to be the mayor, I think. Oh, oh. It's Fox and Press. Yeah. We, we can ask the clerk's office. That would be appreciated. I'm just oh, curious. Yeah. Oh, I guess one last thing. Okay, that's what that has. Thank you guys. Um, oh. Do you have another question? No. I, I have one last thing, I'm sorry. Um, but the Supervisor Melbourne's office is going to be introducing the Central and Small City Schools Task Force legislation. Um, I believe tomorrow, but they plan to have um, the hearing on that the Rules Committee on July 17th or the 24th. And um, they are hoping that um, the Commission can, you know, um, bring young people out to support this legislation or to speak on why this legislation is important. So um, that is something that um, I believe the engagement and education committee will work on. It's to like turn out the youth commission and like other young people. It is um, something they also want to know if you all want a press conference before the um, rules committee hearing. So that is up to you all. Let's check in about that offline. Thank you. Um, also, in regards to LAOs, um, we were going to do an election today, but I believe it'll be at our next meeting. So, if anyone's interested in running for the remainder of the term to try out what exec would be like, um, it, would be a <laughs> it would literally just be like for a minute so if you're interested. Let's do it. Maybe one meeting after that. Yeah, there's one meeting. Well, I think that. And also, we'll like show you the app. I don't know if I'm going to be on but we'll get shown the ropes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's not a big deal. No, it's not. It's too bad. I mean, it's like, it's not that we're going to die with that one. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, we encouraged. But, okay. Um, I'll pass it off to the commissioners. We'll start in a Um, Right, we just sent out a form. 
um, asking commissioners to release bits and advice form. So it's asking you about your advice for the next group of commissioners. So if you could please fill that out, the due date is on Monday, so um, this upcoming Monday. So you have a week to do it, and we're asking editors, that means people who are on ab absence, commissioners who are returning, everyone should fill it out so that we can put together a sheet of advice for next year's commissioners. And there's also just no, there's a section for people who are on exec or chair of the committee, so you can give specific advice to those roles too. Yeah, so if you'd like. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I really I don't have to because we were posting on social media. Um, most of the posting on our stories and like also they were also working on like the internship thing for the next couple of months. But yeah. Yeah. We'll be creating our own advice sheet in the next group of months. Thank you guys. Um, and then Jeff will be updates. At our last executive committee meeting, we reviewed commission attendance. We had an update on coverage on the committee board's management solution. Uh, we did some discussing of summer planning and transitions between this term and the next term, as well as what we're up to this summer. Um, I think staff and directly have on, but I think there might be some small events we're planning to do in August, um, possibly July. Uh, there will be more public comment here. And then we approved this agenda. The important thing to know is that at our next executive committee meeting, we are going to be discussing possible bylaw um, amendments. So if you'd like to be involved in that process, just contact me. Um, I know that we haven't really looked at the bylaws since the beginning of the year, but I think there's a couple of areas of improvement we've noticed over the last. I guess, from the video, um, that just you know, needs to be used for the application as well. So if you want to be involved in that, let us know. Um, and I'll look at the exam. I think the next exam is this one. Okay. Oh, I think it shouldn't be the fault. Oh, that's not a matter. No, sorry, it was a like to speak. Uh, so we might not have forum for exec, so that's something we need to talk about offline. Okay. Okay, we can have a work. I was going to suggest that offline. Okay. Well, <laughs> to all the listeners, we'll figure out the day and what the situation is. Um, we'll be Is the rest of my committee for us? That's what was funny. <laughs> One thing I would add is that um, we're also trying to see if we can do like an end of the year celebration right now for YSU, how we're like working with building management and also the mayor's office because she wanted to like be a part of it too. So we're still trying to see if that can actually happen and like if there's a date that works for everyone. So it's still in the works, um, but we'll be working with the comms officers to see if we can do that. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you all in the loop. Most likely will be sometime um, mid to late July. But yeah. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, the next committee, Commissioner Nish, the HRT. Yeah, I think all this was brought up today, but we had the presentation on gender neutral public restrooms in the Caroline District area. 
And then we had like a bike to meeting resolution, which we read through. And we also talked about the dairy improvement project and then the strategic plan for housing legislation that was referred to us. And that's basically it. Thank you, Commissioner Mish from CEC. Does anyone from CEC want to report, given that the chairs are not present? We talked about the <laughs> wellness center resolution and the school safety resolution and what we in our last meeting. All right. Thank you. Um, and then TJ, is not here, so yes. I can report. So our last meeting is going to be July 10th. We have like two legislation referreds that we have to like talk about. Um, they haven't been heard like in committee in the BOS side, so it's okay. Um, and then we're doing some like planning for next year's TJ. So if anyone wants to join, TJ, yeah, like just to come and chat. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Um, we don't have to try trips for. <laughs> All right, um, on to the task force. Um, in our last meeting, we just went over the motion that we had today for the resolution that we were supposed to have today. Um, starting with Commissioner Anish, as a reminder, um, you would just talk about like what you're currently working on or what you've been up to in relation to the Yeah, so I think as of like this morning, I'm currently working on a letter of support for Supervisor Malgaard's proposition at all, which is like for transit safety here at ASA. That's basically it. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Utting. Um, I've mainly been working on the school safety resolution, um, that and Thank you, Commissioner Miller. I was just working on the, the Geary thing and the, the Muni Metro thing, and I don't know, there's still, I have ideas in my head that I think I've mentioned before around like their enforcement and then also like bike share and like bikes in general that I want to work on. And I want to do more of like advocacy around stuff that's already been written. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot of concrete stuff in my head right now. So yeah. Thank you, Krishna Miller. Um Commissioner Adair. Well um, I was I still am sort of interested in this drawing out. LAO on the exec committee. I do have a speech in front of you, which I'm not going to read. So we should save some time, but it's there. And yeah, I'm hoping to try it out. Maybe we want to meet in July. Um, do it. Yeah. Now, if you'll have experience when you want to run to something next year. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then the other thing is, I'm also probably interested in helping with that bylaw amendment process. Um, so there's that. Um, and that's all. Thank you so much, Commissioner Deere. Uh, 
Um, I guess, okay, what have I been doing? I mean, I guess like planning the public comment day was a thing. Um, and I met with the mayor a while back. Um, I've been interested in pursuing like the bike resolution, but recently I haven't had time for it to work. Um, and I'm also interested in the bylaws for the group because that was something that we worked on last year and I think it was really helpful. And I think um, after this year, there's been a lot of things that we want to change and improve. Um, but unfortunately, I won't be at the next exact meeting because I'm leaving. So hopefully, my short performer can keep me in the loop. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it. But I also want to make an agenda or like a run of show for, I guess, like Commissioner Barbara Bong and I have already like kind of talked about a run of show for the end of the year Washington celebration. Um, I want to work on that a little bit more as we finalize details with the mayor's office. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Just like public comment, some meetings, and um, planning the end of the year celebration. Um, and then on to other legislative introductions. So if anyone has like an urge to call a hearing or introduce anything, now would be the time. If not, okay, on to the, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? No okay. public comment. Comments are closed. Can you please call item number 11? Item number 11 is staff report. Okay. I'll pass that to staff report. I said everything during the LAL report. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, I mean, today marked the last day of the 2023 Public Work Youth Commission interviews. We finally finished all. I want to say, out of the 98 people who applied, we did about 92 of them. Mm -hmm. The other six were ones who like, didn't you know, respond, but uh, we did. But it's great. Now we're ready to send them off tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm preparing the application. Um, what, what am I saying? Oh, um, well, this is like our third to last meeting. Please prepare any, you know, resolutions, motions, uh, especially since we only have two more meetings after this. And Last one's not even going to really be a meeting, just you know, tidying up things. Um, I sent a doodle poll regarding a special meeting, uh, July 13th, one. It's on Thursday. Please let me know if you can't go, because um, we need to make sure we have a quorum. Um, as I don't know who said it, we're planning small activities, and we're slowly doing that. Um, so just let me know if you're still interested in doing like a TA housing thing. Since I asked this at the last meeting, everyone said yes, but now it's like, we're going like, to have to go here. Um, so I just want to make sure that y'all are still interested. Um, I did schedule send uh, an email in five minutes. Um, so staff has been here now for over a year, and it's time that we do performance evaluations. And it's uh, important that we get y'all's feedback 110% raw feedback about how staff has been this year and ways that we can improve, especially since this is our first time truly doing stuff with y'all, um, and just finding ways that we can just improve programming, just, you know, keep commission stuff, and just, you know, I don't know, just getting creative here. 
Um, all right, I'm forgetting everything else. So if I do remember, I'll send it in email. Thank you guys so much. Um, are there any questions for staff? Right, seeing none. Um, is there any public comment on this item? Yeah. Uh, 